What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Sunday morning to you all as we're back here today recapping an incredible PLE, Money in the Bank, going down live from the O2 Arena in London, England, to kick off the 4th of July weekend. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner. I bring to you at least once a month on the free feed right here on the Fight Game Media Network, Perky Scott Young. Welcome back, Perky. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Uh, I'm especially excited to talk about this uh, PLE, and I think it definitely put its name in the hat for the best WWE show so far this year. And we've had some shows. I mean, Elimination Chamber says hello. We got WrestleMania Night 1, which was incredible in terms of atmosphere, backlash of Puerto Rico, and now we have... Money in the Bank, O2 Arena, London, England. And I got to say, this was a hot show from top to bottom. The crowd was absolutely incredible. And the match quality, for the most part, was pretty damn good, too. We had a hot opener, a hot close. The middle was pretty solid. So all in all, this was a really strong show for WWE. Set the tone perfectly for SummerSlam next month in Detroit. And this company right now is hot selling out shows overseas and stateside right now. Yeah, and not only that, we had some returns. Um, and this is a this is going this is a memorable show. This is a show that I mean, in all honesty, is going to go down in the history books because there was a lot of history made on this show. So 
yeah, this is one that will definitely be talked about for a long time. Definitely. We had a historic moment that hasn't happened in nearly four years in WWE. It was a picture perfect ending that made sense in the long game, in the grand scheme of things, as we approach hopefully a certain inning in this baseball game we've been teasing on this show as of late. But let's dive into the Money in the Bank pay-per-view PLE going down live from the O2 Arena in London, England, as we kick things off with the men's Money in the Bank ladder match involving Damian Priest, Butch, L.A. Knight, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Shinsuke Nakamura. This was a really good match. And the most over guy in this match was none other than L.A. Knight. His popularity, as I hope will be a very over babyface, very soon was apparent. The fans love him. And early on, it was basically a gang beatdown on Logan Paul, who the fans hated. But I felt like his performance in this match, outside of one absolutely insane spot, was kind of muted this time around. I, I thought he played his role. I, I think this is... To me, this match is where he felt just the most as just a wrestler. And I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Like, it's a good thing because, you know, he absolutely blended in. He felt like one of the guys. He felt like he could just be in any one of the spots doing anything crazy. But he, it did kind of feel like he didn't have quite that same aura that he normally has. Um, when he was the centerpiece or when he was kind of the vocal point, you could tell there was there was a different atmosphere. The The energy got elevated. So. I am a bit surprised that he wasn't kind of the centerpiece more, the vocal piece more. Uh, but, you know, I guess uh, they have other plans for him. I, I still think he he played his role really well. And you talk about that spot. That spot was completely butchered and blown up. And yet they still were able to do a <laughs> Spanish fly off of the middle rope through a table. Like, they didn't get that right, and yet it worked in the context of this match because that's it's a car crash, and they were so athletic that they were able to do that. Like, I I think I think the spot ended up being crazier and just looked just looked more like a car crash because it was messed up, and they were still able to pull it off. It was a recovery for me because we knew like, oh, they're going to mess this up. They're tripping on the ropes. But then because of their athleticism and their natural ability, they were able to get back on track and deliver the move. I know that one table was spared, but hey, he took a hell of a bump, had a couple lacerations on his shoulder. But hey, they pulled it off, which is very impressive. And I think they are possibly teasing Logan Paul and Ricochet at SummerSlam. And I was kind of disappointed because they traded hops at the Royal Rumble. I think, I know I make these very bold suggestions, but if given time, if they actually decide to run this match back one-on-one, -on -one, this will be the opportunity for Logan Paul to stand out a bit more than he did during this match last night. So I actually think Logan Paul versus Ricochet could potentially be one of the worst things for Logan Paul. And I say that because... These two are so ambitious. Like, look at what they just tried to do. They just tried <laughs> to land on the top rope of a tipping ladder, then come together and do a Spanish fly off the middle rope through two tables on the floor. That's what they just tried to do in the middle of a match. So imagine what they're going to do in a singles match where they can do anything they want all over the ring. Like, I just... I feel like they're going to try to 
I feel like Logan Paul is going to go watch Ricochet versus Will Ospreay and be like, <laughs> I can do that. We can do that. We can do this, Ricochet. Like, that's that's where my mind goes if, when I hear about that singles match. It's thrilling and also nerve-wracking at the same time because you know he's going to look at the Osprey footage saying I can definitely I can definitely do all of that and then some and then it could be a disaster but that's what's intriguing about it because I know they're going to push each other to do crazy shit I'm kind of here for it so bring on the train wreck in Detroit I kind of want to see it I'm intrigued he did have a good moment against Damien Priest, Fox Blatch, the Priest on the ladder. That was a highlight. But yeah, that Spanish fly, the recovery, the execution, the bump, they did what they needed to do. And I was very impressed because that could have went left very fast. We had Butch also being a standout, doing some drum manipulation off the ladder to try to win this match. But it was not meant to be. We had Shisuke Nakamura, Santos Escobar having hope spots. But LA Knight had a prime opportunity to win this match, but he got thwarted by one Damian Priest. And then Priest took out butch and then ultimately he climbed the ladder and he unlatched the briefcase to become mr money in the bank and yes scott he can go for any championship from the big dog championship the roman reigns has or the championships he refused to retire to seth rollins's world heavyweight championship all the way to the u.s championship and the intercontinental championship so now it's pretty open-ended any belt is up for grabs as being mr money in the bank and i kind of don't like that but it gives wwe flexibility in terms of when he wants to cash in and on who yeah damian priest was an interesting choice and i think it it's set up a good intrigue for later in the show, set up a nice hook for later in the show. Um, I'm kind of torn on it. I still think Logan Paul was the way to go. I know LA Knight is, is so over and just, he's, you know, on just a great run with the, with this connection with the fans. But Logan Paul was, I mean, you, you heard how much people despised him. Imagine that guy just dangling that briefcase over Seth Rollins. I, I just think that's a missed opportunity, especially heading into SummerSlam and whatnot. But with that being said, Damian Priest, I think, is is a, is a good choice in that you now you still keep Judgment Day at the forefront. Rhea Ripley's still champion. Damian Priest now has money in the bank. And now you add a little bit more dissension and fuel to the fire of maybe Damian Priest starts calling a little bit more of the shots around there. He's the only one besides Rhea who's bringing anything to the table, so... He's the only one who won his match. You know what I mean? Like this, there's things you can do now with this story of Damien and the Judgment Day. So I, I get why they did it. I still would have went with Logan Paul, but Damien Priest is a good choice. I'm fine with the pick. You know, Damien Priest has had a pretty good run over the last six months or so, and it feels like WWE is trying to give him a babyface push down the road, and it does lead to more dissension between Judgment Day, specifically Finn Balor, which we'll get to later. But it's a great tease for things to come. I'm very happy for Damien Priest, and I think there is no wrong winner here. Any one of these guys could have been a viable winner. LA Knight, obviously, was the people's choice his time will come because, my God, he's over. And what's crazy, Scott, is we predicted this over a year ago. And look what has happened. And he's really not even, like, winning matches like that. Like, he beat, excuse me, he beat Rey Mysterio. But that's really about it as far as big wins go. So 
imagine if they actually really get behind him and start giving him some wins. Like, you know, Austin Theory's right there. He ain't doing much. I think a nice win over Theory at the SummerSlam for that U.S. title would be a, a good way for, for L.A. Knight to, to build off of that momentum. And Theory wouldn't be hurt by taking that L anyway. But I don't know what the, I don't know what the plans are, but I hope it's, it's something along those lines. I would hope so. That would be great, actually, because you know how I feel about Austin Theory as U.S. champion. You beat John Cena at WrestleMania, and it means very little to nothing. And here we are. L.A. Knight could be a very viable U.S. champion over as a babyface. The fans are ready to love him. You hear that reception at the O2 Arena in London, England. That is not just international case. That is nationwide across the globe in this country and beyond. This guy is over. And if you book him with wins and a championship, the sky's the limit for him. And I think it's time to, to officially make him a baby face. Stop playing around. Cause you know, when you got him up against baby faces, it does split the crowd. It splits me sometimes as well. I want to cheer for Ellie and I, can I do that? Can we cheer for him? Yeah, please. Yeah. I'm with you on that as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this match gets three and three quarter tears for me. I agree. Very good match. Set the tone for the evening lovely and very nicely as we move on to a tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship involving Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. And this is basically Liv and Raquel's shot to regain the championships. They never lost a couple of months ago due to Liv's injury. She's back and she made Union Jacks very proud with her gear that gave me baby spice. Yeah, um, you know, it's definitely a little coming to your world, spice up your life, everybody. Yeah, a <laughs> little, little bit of that going on for sure. Um, yeah. Do that again. No, 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 no. Run it back. Run it back. I need spice world in my life. Spice up my life, Scott, please. Can you run that back one more time? Colors of the world, spice up your life. Every boy and every girl, spice up your life. People of the world. Ah, yeah, I used to love that movie as a kid. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm 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 all I'm all here for for Union Jack and uh, what, what, what you call what we got Union Jack and and what we're we gonna call Raquel. You got to give her a nickname. You can't just go Union Jack. Union Jack and who? Pepper Jack. Sergeant Pepper Jack. There we go. <laughs> Union and Pepper Jack, the Battle of the Jacks. <laughs> um, this match right here, it was it's a fine match. I think Raquel and Liv work really well together. Um, Ronda actually kind of should act like she cares a little bit with the tag team. The match was fine. Uh, the powerbomb spot to the outside was good. I appreciate double team moves. The turn came out of nowhere. I really, It doesn't really, it seems like it's just very random. Uh, the crowd loved it. Nobody's. I don't see anybody really booing Shayna over this though. And and Ronda's like Shayna, Shayna, Shayna. Like she, like, come on, Ronda. We we you doing? Shayna. Yeah, you right. You know, come Ronda. Come on, you know better. You of Stella. all people know better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the match was fine. Two and a half tears. Uh, I'm, I I think I will say this. I appreciate we're at least gonna have. We're gonna have probably four or five women's matches on this SummerSlam card, or at least it's it's shaping up for that possibility. 
Yes, and I love the variety. I dig it very much. And I was stunned, too, when Shayna turned on Ronda. Like, that was kind of out of nowhere. There was no tease tension whatsoever. I know that Ronda made the, blind, the, made the blind tag. And then Shayna was like, well, boo to you. Boom, goes the dynamite. She turns heel and the fans cheer. So in this situation, ain't no way in the hell Shayna's getting booed over Ronda Rousey. It is simply not happening. Ronda's acting in that moment was a choice. Shayna, Shayna. How could you? And then Liv, I would say Liv was great in the corner, like, oh my God, is this really happening? And then she realized, oh, let's take care of this business right now. And I will say this for Ronda Rousey. She did sell Oblivion perfectly. That was the best sell she did since her return to WWE. And she spiked her head perfectly for the one, two, three, as Liv and Raquel are the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions once again congratulations to them and you know I always wanted a Shayna Baszler Ronda Rousey feud I've wanted this for a while it kind of came out of nowhere yesterday but I'm game for the promos from Shayna Ronda not so much and one more thing I don't want to rag on Ronda so much but it's the way she marches to the ring like girl you got to be that mad, walking that fast, really. I, I will say this, though. I, I will always appreciate Rhonda's love for Dragon Ball Z, though. So I'm always here for the Saiyan get-ups. <laughs> I'm always here for the Saiyan gear. Look at you finding the bright side to everything. You know, there's, there's always, there's always a, a, there's at least one good thing in a Ronda match, whether it's the car crash that happens or the gear. That is true. And if she's motivated and added bonus, and she did look like she cared at some points during this match. And then we have the turn and we'll see how she care. Feuding with one of her former best friends. Now Shayna Baszler should be quite the battle at SummerSlam. I wanted this for a while. It's finally happening and we'll see how it goes in about a month's time as we move on to our next match on the card, which is Gunther versus Matt Riddle for the Intercontinental Championship. And this match was all about Gunther dissecting and going after the injured foot of Matt Riddle. And for that psychology alone, it was brilliant. Let me tell you something, Keela, real quick. Any match... Any match that's going to end with somebody getting their foot slapped, okay? And that is essentially what ends the match, all right? I'm here for it. I'm here for any foot slapping that's going to end the match. That man slapped the hell out of, out of Riddle's foot about six times. It wasn't that ankle lock that Pitty put in. He finally felt those chops and was like, I give up. I don't even feel this ankle. I can't feel my foot. Somebody help me feel my foot. <laughs> Good story. I, I thought the match was good. Riddle shows good fire. Gunther is just Gunther's on another level right now. He's he's just rolling. He's he's making that intercontinental title mean something. And let's add let's add the uh, the ankle lock to uh, or the heel hook. Let's add that to the list of moves that Gunther has used to finish an opponent. I think it would have been sweeter if he had just finished them with a chop to the foot. But I'll, I'll I'll take the heel hook. I'll take the heel hook. I, I just I love the fact that you really don't know when a Gunther match is going to end because this dude just pulled out a heel hook randomly. I I, I love that about his matches. 
we talked about that a few weeks ago. This guy has unlimited finishers and now we have a heel hook and a foot slap. I need the foot slap to be an official finisher too, because he slapped the shit out of that foot and the riddle was crying. Like I'm in pain. Oh my God. It was the, un- it was the unripping of the bandage for me of the foot. Like Gunther was like, I'm going to get your foot. Okay. We ain't forgot what we did to your foot on TV a couple of weeks ago. It's my prime target and Riddle sewed it beautifully. Gunther is that dude. Like he is probably in WWE, a top five favorite wrestler of mine, how he carries himself, the variety of his matches and how he's absolutely bruising in the ring and methodical in the best possible way. And the foot slapping for me was a chef's kiss excellent psychology and a heel hook finish come on finisher number five i do believe Nah, i think that's number sim really i i I, so listen we got the heel hook okay we got we got the lariat Mm -hmm. we've got a chop yes we've got the rear naked choke that's four we've got the power bomb five we got the frog splash six and we have the emerald flosion that he drops and there's one more. He's got another one? Yeah, the 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 last symphony, I think. That's it. That's I think that's the one I was thinking of. So that's okay. I think that's so he's at six. Six. See? So he's at six right now. Okay, six. All right. I'm sure I give him I he'll have another one by SummerSlam. He'll 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 rack up <laughs> another one on SmackDown here soon. Um you know, we we talk about all that. I give this, you know, three Three and a quarter, three and a half, just because I think they, they worked really well in their time allotted. But let's talk about what happened after the match. Uh, you hear the swords. You hear the, the swords clanging, and Drew McIntyre returns. Looks great. The crowd is going nuts for this man. He gets a hero's welcome back, and uh, you get the nice Claymore, the three, two, one countdown. And Keela, you know, I know – we like to talk about Logan Paul and, and setting star boundaries before the match. This is a match that you could potentially put five stars on and go ahead and stamp it when these two at SummerSlam, if that's what they're doing for the IC title. Absolutely. You know, that's my Logan Paul rule. He'll give me my five one day, but this one I can safely say, Guaranteed five stars. You know why? Because we got a five-star match involving Sheamus Gunther and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania night two. And they delivered on every level. So if you give me Gunther and Drew McIntyre one-on-one for 20 good minutes, always going five stars. It's going to be the most physical bruising match you'll see in WWE this year. They'll go back and forth, an epic all-time battle, and either guy can stand tall for me because I love them both equally. But yes, automatically starting value, five stars. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Drew coming back. He's going to be a nice breath of fresh air in that heavyweight division. Um, yeah, I, I think this 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 worked very well for me all around. The match didn't need to be a 20 minute classic. It was nice, like 10 minutes. Riddle got to look good. Gunther got to look dominant, and Drew got to make a fantastic return. Great job all around. I loved it. This is a great piece of business. Gunther looks dominant. Riddle has some hope spots. Drew McIntyre returns. And it's good to be missed. He was gone for a little over 
two months, I would like to say, maybe roughly three months just to be on the safe side. He looks great, healthy. He needed to rest and refresh in his hoping that WWE pays that man his bag imminently. Pay the man. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, yeah, get that man his bag or lose him. You yes. can't afford it. You can't afford to lose him. So you better give him his bag. Please do the man care. This company doing a pandemic. Don't forget that, WWE. I'm just saying. As we move on to our next match on the card, which is Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio with the women's world champion Rhea Ripley by Dom Dom's side. And the fans sung word for word Cody Rhodes' theme song. They were loud and raucous, and I was living for it. We had like a Union Jack fit by Cody, and then we had Dom Dom come out with Rhea Ripley, and she had a hairstyle I wore years ago. Years ago. I'm like, what black hair salon you went to in London, Rhea? I need the name, the number, and the date you went. She, she looked like she had the hairstyle from uh she looked like Monique, she had Monique's hair from Precious. Um listen. No, oh, no, 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 you did not just do that. No, you did Y'all go look no. y'all go y'all go y'all go look up Precious and look at Monique's hair. No. There's a couple stills no. in that movie where you can no. you can see Rhea right there. Listen. Um no, not. I'm what just saying, she didn't have to do that. I don't know why she did that. You are so wrong. Oh, oh my god! That was the first thing I thought was, who? Why did she go to the precious set and who did her hair there? That's all I was thinking. Um, so listen, couple things. Uh, first off, the more I hear people sing Cody's song, the more it just doesn't really do a lot when I hear. People, when I heard people singing Jericho's Judas and he had to hand the words out. Um, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm just... I'll never forget that. They had, like, sheet music. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, what? All you Bro. needed was the bouncing ball and that would have been it. But at least they memorized that shit. I give them that. They had no sheet of paper, no phone to go on. They didn't Google his lyrics, I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't think, right. But they, they were singing that joint and that whoa. Even Cody was like, okay, let me hear what this whoa going to sound like. And that whoa hit. That whoa hit. And they let the whole song play. They, they the sure whole, did. They let the whole song play. Um, I, will, I, I just want to say this. This match for me solidified Cody as still being the guy. Because I think if he wasn't the guy, 
that is destined to win that title from Roman, I think he takes the loss here. So I, this match for me solidified Cody as that guy still. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, the fans love him. You know how I feel about WrestleMania night two. It's still sore for me, but he has not lost his heat as a baby face since then. He's over as hell, selling out merch and weight belts. He's still incredibly over as a baby face, and I love that for him. And Dominic was a great pest heel throughout this match, just did enough to get under the crowd, skin Rhea Ripley, causing trouble at the ringside as well. Dom trying to take off the turnbuckle to cheat. Cody catches him. The referee stops it as well, and he hits two and a half amigos. Hip swivel needs some work still, but Cody comes back with a suplex of his own, and he basically dominates the rest of this match. He lands a disaster kick. He hits the Cody cutter, and then he lands the crossroads for a pretty decisive win in about eight minutes and 40 seconds, and I really enjoyed the match for what it was it didn't go too long it didn't overstay its welcome and i have to say i was very happy that we did not get a brock lesnar appearance save it for stateside save it for tv heading into SummerSlam. but scott in the most important development from the match cody's vibranium cast is off he's healed yeah yeah it looks like he won't be pulling the bob orton gimmick um, I, <laughs> yeah, the, I, you know, and I, I appreciate, I wish they would have like maybe sold the fact that Dominic was like confident into the, going into this match because of the injury. I don't really feel like they did a great job of selling that to me, um, especially to make this moment mean more, but yeah, the, uh, looks like the, he doesn't need the vibranium anymore. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you what it was, what it is, is that the, he had a loner. That, that, that cast was a vibranium loner and the person, the doctor was like, Hey, I'm gonna need that back. I got, you know, black Panther actually got hurt in a real battle. So I'm gonna oh need that God. back so he can heal. You know what I'm saying? So that's what happened with the real cast. So what you're suggesting is that he had a, a copper fit cast on. <laughs> that is 100% what he had on. <laughs> that is 100% what he had on. He had to give back the Wakandan one and he went and got him a CVS one. Oh, no, not not the as seen on TV bootleg copper fit. Don't do that to Cody. Really, the CVS as seen on TV bootleg fopper fit, not copper fit fopper. <laughs> well, he can go to I guess Walgreens. Maybe Walgreens. That's even worse. Is it? Is it? Yes. Is it worse than CVS? You still you still doing as seen on TV the bootleg copper fit? Well, well, well. Then he better tell Brandy to look for that next ad that pop up, the next commercial, and, and dial that number. <laughs> and if she dials the number, if she calls in the first 30 minutes, she gets a second copper fit wrist cast. Absolutely free. Just pay for your shipping and handling. And if you call right now, you won't even have to pay shipping and handling. Call now. <laughs> No for easy payments or nothing. You just pay the shipping and handling. There you go. And if you don't like it, you get to return it in 30 days. Money back guaranteed from your shipping and handling. No CODs, by the way. All you got to do is pay 99 cents to Peacock. And all this can be yours. Oh, my God. Not 99 cents. 99 cents to the cock and you can have whatever you want. Oh, my God. And yes, I, that's what she said. 
that is what she said. That is what you said. And I am so done. What have we turned this into? The Home Shopping Network? A little bit of QVC? Mixing for good measure? Oh, my God. Copperfit, call us so we can be like your spokespeople and we can have like a sponsorship on the show hyping up the greatness of copper fit right down from your bustier to your wrist to your back everything copper fit right here on the Fikey media network wink oh, and wow. we don't get a cent of this but we're trying here we're trying you really are, you really are trying to get that uh that sponsorship <laughs> yes see how how smooth that was i sold that really really good so come on copper fit give us a call you did sell that make it look good but the match itself fun rear ripley calling your hairstylist because i need that hookup i like the press and the braids even though scott had the nerve to say precious in the year 2023 the nerve of this man i didn't say i didn't i didn't say she had the hairstyle of precious i no. said she had the hairstyle of precious mom <laughs> but you are bringing up precious yeah no doubt still no doubt. No a good movie, by the way. A fine motion picture. I Fantastic. enjoyed it. Fantastic. Fantastic really, movie. It really is a good movie, you know. But, and and I just want to clarify, Lenny Kravitz in that movie, Unlimited Cheddar Biscuits, but I'll leave that alone. Okay. Now we're back to regularly scheduled programming. As we have like this kind of unique intermission of a surprise appearance by the one and only 16-time world champion, one of the greatest of all time, taking time off his busy schedule to make a cameo. It was none other than John Cena, who the people absolutely loved in London, and they sung to Scott Strigrin his theme song. They did not sing John Cena Sucks. They sung his song bar for bar. Now, this was impressive because I don't even know if I know Cena's song bar for bar like that. <laughs> like, once you get after those first couple of lines and you get to trademarks verse, I'm like, what are you even talking about at this point? But uh, John Cena, man, you know, he caught a lot of flack for being the guy during his time. But I think the more we see him now and just like this, this right here, he used to do this on the regular, except when he would come out. He would get booed. They would say he sucks. We don't want you. We hate you. And by the end of his promo, by the end of every match, that crowd was on their feet, going crazy, usually cheering for him. Like, I, I just think this was a perfect example of anybody who didn't get to see him in his prime, like in his moment when he was just being the guy. This is probably about as close to that as you're going to get the way he was able to just fire that crowd up and get them rolling. And he really told a story about getting WrestleMania to where it needed to be. And I, I mean, he was, he was on fire. He was absolutely fantastic. He had the crowd in the palm of his hand. And when he mentioned WrestleMania, that crowd absolutely went ballistic. And he's become legend emeritus in WWE. He shows up and the fans go crazy because I think they realize, you know what? For the last maybe 18 or so years, John Cena, in a lot of ways, 
kept the lights on in WWE. He was the last big star they created until Roman Reigns came along. And yes, the Super Cena push sucked at times, but this guy was a legit ratings mover. He was he was a merch seller. He sold out arenas. And he was there during a time when WWE was going through a transition post-Attitude era, and he stuck through it. And I think the fans appreciate him more and more to realize yeah, without John Cena, where would WWE be today? Because it went through some things roughly 20 years ago, despite his popularity back in the late 90s. No, definitely. And, you know, he's he's definitely had his, excuse me, rough share of bad decision making. And he's been, whether it's his fault or not, on the the wrong end of some uh, some pinfalls. You know, you talk about like the Nexus and uh, Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania and stuff like that. Like there were some times where he definitely could have taken Rusev at WrestleMania. There are definitely times where he could have taken an L, but he's, you know, I, I just think what you saw, what we got at Money in the Bank was just as close to what we're going to get to an old John Cena. Like, I mean, that was a weekly thing, man. Like I, I think I, we were spoiled with it. He was so good at it. We, we just got accustomed to it. He really showed there's not a lot of guys out like I'm trying to think right now. Drew McIntyre would do a good job. You know, I, I think Roman would do a good job. He wouldn't try to fire the crowd up like that, but he would do a good job getting that message across. But who else could really just be that spark plug like that and really be able to wove that story together and, and tell it and get the crowd fired up like John Cena, who has that pull that you know, that, 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 that aura like John Cena. So I, I thought this was a fantastic segment and my guy, our guy, Grayson Waller, mm-hmm. he was an excellent foil for this. He was great. He came out because since John Cena was hyping up WrestleMania in London, hopefully Wembley Stadium, he said, you know what? Let's have WrestleMania in Australia. And the fans were like, no, we're not having that. And he was giving Cena the business. And and then he attacked Cena from behind. And Cena hit his greatest hits, Five Knuckle Shuffle, landed the attitude adjustment. And he was done for the evening. And I love that. And I think the Grayson Waller got, dare I say, a better rub than Austin Theory did at WrestleMania. Well, that's because he cut a better promo than Austin Theory did in the entire build to WrestleMania and afterwards. Um, like, I mean, just I mean, the thing about it though, imagine if Grayson Waller had been the one to cut that, have those face-to-face promo battles with John Cena. Imagine if he'd have been the one at WrestleMania to win that match and then get to cut the promos afterwards. Like Grayson, like I think Austin Theory is is much is a much better wrestler to me than Grayson Waller. But when it comes to that, Mike. Man, Grayson Waller would eat that boy alive. I mean, I mean, like, there's a re- there's probably a reason we haven't seen L.A. Knight and Austin Theory in a ring together, because L.A. Knight's gonna eat that boy alive too. So, like, <laughs> I think there's a good reason why we haven't seen. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing L.A. Knight and John Cena exchange some verbal jabs. You know, like, you know, I, I, we're going completely off 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 belt. You know, but I just Grayson Waller. And being able to hold his own with John Cena, I think you're absolutely right. He gained a lot by just being able to hold his own and getting that type of reaction from the crowd and really not looking out of place, looking like he belonged in the ring sharing that that stage with John Cena. He felt like a star and the fans gave him the proper heel heat and he generated it perfectly. And I'm glad he's doing something physical because I know he's been injured for a bit and he's been healing up by doing the Grayson Waller effect on SmackDown. And he was great in this segment and he got a big rub from John Cena. And as you said, 
listen, you know how I feel about theory. He has his ups and downs for me, but yeah, there's a reason why he's not around Grayson Waller or LA Knight. It would be a wrap for him on the mic point blank period. With all due respect to my fellow AT alien, it ain't going to work for you, boo. You will get demolished in every way. As we move on to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match involving Io Sky, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Zelina Vega, and Zoe Stark. I'm be very bold in saying this might have been the best women's Money in the Bank ladder match ever. I thought it was well laid out. I thought there were some big stunts and bumps in this match that was a bit more riskier. Then the guys, dare I say, I just think that this was a very physical, bruising, clever match in a lot of ways. And I thought that everybody stood out in a really good way, Scott. Yeah, I think you're right. Everybody got to shine. Um, I don't think it's the most outlandish thing to say. This is arguably the best women's money in the bank match. Um, you know, the the one where Bailey won, that was a very good one as well. But this, I think for me, what made this one work was the flow of this one. It didn't seem like they were setting spots up as much as spots were just happening. And I thought the flow and just how the the spontaneity of certain things, um, Eoskai showed out. I thought she was fantastic. Somebody else who I thought did a really good job the whole time. Man, I, I, I got to give it up for Trish Stratus. For this to be her first ladder match, and you and you could see it in her face. She took some she took some hits. Like her nose was busted up, but she was there every step of the way. Her and Becky had a nice exchange. Like I I thought Trish did a great job throughout this entire match. She didn't shy away from anything. She took some big bumps. Um, my my hat definitely goes off to Trish because she didn't ha- she she definitely doesn't have to do this, but she did. She took those bumps. I I was very impressed with Trish. Trish is probably one of my favorite WWE female wrestlers of all time. I grew up during the golden era of when WWE cared about women's wrestling. She was at the forefront alongside so many women. She was my favorite back in the day. So you know I'm on cap for Trish in 2023. An ageless wonder. Unlimited cheddar biscuits 100. but above all else <laughs> you're gonna call some of those biscuits yeah she definitely getting them biscuits <laughs> let me tell you and she gotta wear the hat yes the hat listen the hat the coat like the swag like everything like she is a wonder an ageless wonder but above all else she's not afraid to take some hits take some bumps i remember there was a match a couple of weeks ago on monday night raw with her and raquel rodriguez and the way she got ragdolled and clotheslined and got flipped upside down and around like she is not afraid to take some licks and she did so in this match as well nose busted open her and becky have increased the physicality of this feud they're they're clicking now in a way that i dig and she was on she does not feel out of place at all with this next comeback in wwe and i just thought she was great in this match another standout to me was zelina vega and i thought that she probably delivered the most dangerous spot of this match but doing a goddamn power bomb to Zoe Stark on a ladder, uh, and, and let's 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 uh, keep it. Let's let's tell it like it is. This was a sunset flip power bomb. 
onto a ladder from the top Ooh. of a ladder. Ooh. Okay, like let's 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 tell it like it is. Like that was a hell of a spat that brought me back to uh, when uh, I think it was uh, Kalisto did that sliced bread on the Usos mm-hmm. on the top of a ladder through a ladder. This uh, that that was a nasty. There were two to, during the Money in the Bank. There were two times where I just openly was like, "Oh my god." The Logan Paul ricochet Spanish fly through the table where I thought Logan Paul might have broke his neck. And then this spot right here, because that that powerbomb Zoe Stark took was nasty. And yeah, Zelina looked great. Like everybody looked good. Zoe Stark played her role really well. I, I think she's fantastic. Uh, she's uh, somebody else who stands out really well. Bailey and EO Sky, they had a great story. I already talked about Trish and Becky. I love their story they had going on. Um, this is, I mean, this, this was a very evenly paced, everybody got the shine match. Nobody, nobody dominated the match. Becky, maybe you can make the argument. She kind of dominated, but nobody dominated the match. Everybody got time. Um, and I thought that was very important to keep who was going to win a mystery because there was really no clear favorites either in this match. So, um, and then we get to the finish, which was, I've never seen it before, so this is probably the first time I ever seen that. Especially using two opponents against each other like that—just ge- genius of the sky, genius of the cuffs. <laughs> oh my gosh, EO Sky! So I'm gonna blame Zoe Stark and Trish for starting this because they introduced the handcuffs, trying to handcuff Becky that backfires and so towards the end of this match you do get that sense of betrayal by bailey who shoved the ladder sideways to knock off the sky but he all recovers and it's down to becky and bailey and they're trying to race top this ladder but eo sky is dead in the middle and she handcuffs becky and bailey hand to hand if you do that how they gonna climb so she was like well problem solved let me climb over my former partner let me unlash his briefcase and let me win this match and she did and the fans popped and eo's smile just made me so happy because i go back to backlash a couple of months ago in puerto rico she was over against bianca Belair, could have won that championship but here's her shot right now on the main roster to cash in on either oscar which would be incredible or Rhea Ripley, which would be great to and become a singles champion in WWE long overdue. The fans want to love EO, and this is her opportunity to show why she is so damn special as a talent. And this was a clever, smart, genius finish to a very good women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm going to give it four and a quarter tiers for me. This was really good. I, uh, you know, I, I wonder if she's going to cash. I could see her calling a shot at SummerSlam or I could see her having a singles match with Bailey at SummerSlam. Either way, I fully expect her to have a, a showcase match at SummerSlam, which, again, we're, we could really have four or five women's matches. I mean, we could have a tag title match, potentially. We could have Ronda versus, Sh- Ronda versus Shayna. We could have Becky versus Trish. We could have... Uh, Bianca versus Charlotte or Bianca versus Charlotte versus Asuka. We could have Rhea Ripley versus somebody. Like This is, I mean, if this doesn't tell you that Triple H has some influence in the booking, I don't know what does because let me tell you, Vince McMahon isn't booking four or five women's matches or at least setting it up to have that like this. So 
Um, I, I appreciate that aspect aspect of this whole thing. And is that we, I mean, we, we've got a ton of well-built stories involving the women that could easily be on this card and, and have a prominent role on the, on the SummerSlam card. Yes. And one thing that WWE's done a good job of lately is having, like, for example, Becky and Trish feuding away from the championship for right. for now. Like, what a concept. You ain't got to fight over a championship. When we think about EO Sky and Bailey as well, that's another feud bubbling and simmering that could play out at SummerSlam. There's so many options. So if you get five matches on this card, it's incredible. If we get three, I'm happy. But the fact that you're going to get more than two, that's a big win for me. And it speaks to how you utilize your women's division in a much better way. The tag team scene still needs a bit of Jesus in there from time to time. But overall, I think that there's an effort there to make sure you have the women's division stand out in the best possible way. And I have dug what they've done thus far. And this match really sets the tone for what will be at SummerSlam in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I'm excited for EO Sky's future with that briefcase. Just don't let, don't have her lose, man. If she loses, I'm raising hell on this show. She cannot lose. I mean, like, come on. Like, this is her time now to be a champion very soon in WWE. Let this be a successful cash-in when the time is right. That's all that we ask. So hopefully it happens not very soon, but soon enough for EO Sky. Deserved Miss Money in the Bank for 2023. As we move on to our semi-main event of the evening, Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship they really have done some great work in the last few weeks in terms of building this up. Seven years in the making, Finn Balor's frustrations on full display, attacking Seth on Monday Night Raw on NXT, back on Monday Night Raw again, and going after the ribs and the abs of Seth Rollins with coup de gras throughout. We have Seth selling it via the Kinesio tape, which was a good look for him. And this was a very nice match. We've seen them do much better, but it was a very physical battle for the championship, which saw Damian Priest supervising at one point with his own money in the bank briefcase, just in case. Yeah, it's a tad bit underwhelming for me, uh, especially mm-hmm. with who's involved. I... You know, and that could just be me having too high of expectations, especially with that type of crowd. So, yeah, I came away a tad bit underwhelmed. This only gets three and a half tiers from me. This, I think, this should have easily cleared four um, in their sleep. But uh, I, you know, the Damien thing didn't work for me either. I, I thought him just jumping up when Finn was on the top rope was completely unnecessary. It, it just. I don't know. I, I didn't like the finish that much. Uh, I didn't feel like Damian was needed at all. Um, so, that, yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt about it. Underwhelming match, three and a half tiers. Just, just, didn't, just didn't do what I was hoping it was going to do for me. Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed too, you know. I like the buildup, but I've seen them do better. And they got, what, less than 15 minutes as well. Fellow gypped on time. But then Damien Priest adds tension at ringside, which I appreciated because he still kind of miffed that Finn cost him a shot at this championship a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. And he paid him back by giving Finn that slight distraction. Had the coup de gras ready for the win on Seth on the outside, but he could not do it in the ring. And then Seth simply hits his finisher for the one, two, three and call of the day. And it was just a all right match. It was 
there. It existed. That's the best way I can say it. But I will say that I do love the simmering tension between Priest and Finn Balor because it builds to Tension and Judgment Day. And we cannot forget the J.D. McDonough effect because they had that conversation backstage a few weeks ago. So if it continues... If this beef continues, I could see Damian Priest being ousted by Finn Balor out of jealousy, and that will catapult Damian Priest to being a viable babyface on the main roster, vying for a championship of his choosing. And it cannot be the world championship, apparently, if WWE opts to go in that direction, which disappoints me because, come on, go for the big belts, not the medium belts, but hey, it's WWE's pick at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. The only thing is, if they do kick Damian out, they, JD McDonough can't isn't the replacement for a Damian Priest, though. Like, I think JD's a great addition to the group, and I absolutely want him to be featured like that. But you need a heavy. Like, that's what Dam- Damian's the heavy in that group. He's just really good at what he does and can do anything else he want and everything else. Like, he can be the the lead. He can be the talker. He can be the heavy. He can be the agile guy. But he's still the heavy. Like. They he he brings in a, a look to that group that they're lacking without him. Finn, Dominic, and JD, that ain't that intimidating. I mean, Rhea's still a badass, but everybody else is just like, all right, that's fine. But when you bring Damien in that picture, okay, now we work it with something. So you still need a heavy. Um, I know Dabakato could be walking around. You could throw him as a heavy. I mean, he ain't doing nothing. You just you need somebody who can give that look and kind of just be that menacing presence. Because without Damian Priest, that that presentation is going to be lacking. Definitely, for sure. So we'll see how it goes. But I love tension. It's a good thing. But what's next for Seth Rollins, though, heading into SummerSlam? What would be the next obvious opponent for him heading into the biggest party of the summer? Now that's, see, that's where I thought Drew McIntyre was going to come into play, but looks like he's got his eyes set on a different path. Um, I don't think it'll be Damian. If Dominic would have won his match, I, w- I was absolutely thinking Dominic versus Rollins could be something they do at SummerSlam. I'm I'm a little thrown off. I, I really have no idea what they do. I'll be honest with you, I... I, I you know, you could have Orton come back and go after the title, but do you do that with a guy like Orton? I don't know, man. I don't know who is even in a position to challenge Seth Rollins, except for Gunther, but he's got his hands full. Damian Priest, but do you want your heel Damian Priest calling a shot against Seth Rollins? Man, I, I might go back to Logan Paul. Ooh, I love that as well. You know, my five stars from Paul, run it back. But, you know, I want my also car crash disaster scenario of Ricochet versus Logan Paul. So either scenario works for me. Logan Paul at SummerSlam against Seth or Ricochet. Hey, I'm game. Give me what I want, WWE. Give me a Logan Paul five-star match, please. As we get ready for a bloodline civil war, our main event of the evening, it is the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso, who apparently were surprised that the fans knew their song too. 
I'm like, they know all the songs tonight as they faced off against Solo Sokoa and the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. And this was an outstanding tag team match that told a tremendous story from start to finish. It was great back and forth action. Both Usos sold for Roman and Solo at various points. We had some compelling near falls as well. But this was theater at its finest and a culmination of something three and a half years and the making something we never thought we would see until Roman dropped a belt of three. But it happened last night in the most satisfying way possible. Yes, it did. And before we get to that, I would also like to throw a little backstory in here. Um, I was a. Uh, you know, I was got got to got the pleasure of being a a guest on the Mike and JD show, uh, previewing Money in the Bank, and uh, your boy made a bold prediction that Jay Uso would be pinning Roman Reigns, and and my guy JD, best selling author, uh, said uh, we made a little wager that uh, if 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 Roman. If if Jay Uso didn't pin Roman, that I would be bracing for impact, and I would be hopping on the Slam Anniversary post show. Which Mike, if you still need me, I got you. But <laughs> the other end of that bet was if Jay did pin Roman, my uh, JD would be watching a a month's worth of Raw. I think I'm gonna make him do the three hours one. No Hulu cuts on this one, and two weeks of NXT. And boy, oh boy, when I saw Jay Uso hit that frog splash and Roman didn't lift that shoulder up, I let out a little shimmy, took a shot, and let out a woo, because I know that JD is about to have himself, his hands full, watching four weeks of Raw, and Lord knows what you're going to get with NXT. Lord Jesus, we're going to pray for JD during those next two weeks, and he must swing by the rap to offer his analysis on a beautiful, glorious month of Monday Night Raw leading to SummerSlam. Him watching that arc from beginning to end brings me so much joy. So, Scott, I'm proud of you. You've made the rap very proud by putting up a bet that you can actually win. And I am so proud I did not take such a bet because you wasn't embarrassing my ass. Sorry. Well, I'm I'm just glad I made the bet on that match because that was the only match that I actually predicted correctly. So there's that too. But, you know, that's not important. I will say this. I want to start this off by saying this gets the five tiers from me. This hit the, the five tier mark for the story. Um, I love the fact that all of Roman's big matches lately, the, the Sammy match, the match at WrestleMania versus Cody, this match, all of those have had callbacks that have built upon something. Um, this one, you had to stack them. You know, yeah, he stacked both of them, went for the pin. The crowd's like, yo, this, you know, they they, they were chanting this. Yeah, was, I mean, the crowd was fantastic again, and they kick out. That crowd goes nuts, you know, and, and, and Roman hits the big spear. They hit a double spear. They did a great job with Solo, I thought. I was... I mean, Solo doesn't take the pinfall. Solo and Roman now fall to 0-2 as a team. That could be something to keep an eye on as well. Um, I just, I, I don't think, I just don't think they could have done anything better in this match. Jay Uso hitting the low blow kick out that Roman hit on him. 
Uh, there's just there's a ton of callbacks and just little things that they did in this match that will come back um, to play probably later on. I do want to give a shout out to the referee. I feel like his groin got torn apart for real because that screen was sounded <laughs> awful. That bump was horrendous. He took that bump like Logan Paul and Ricochet did going with that Spanish fly off the ropes. Like he went through it. And, you know, it would not be a Roman Reigns match without a ref bump. And it does get tedious. But at least he woke up and recovered, thankfully. But the low blow was such beautiful storytelling, a callback to the many times Roman won matches by using the low blow in a very savvy and sneaky way. And Jay paid him back by learning from the absolute best. And he proceeded to super kick his cousin. Jimmy joins in on the party and Jay gets that last hot tag and he delivers a frog splash to his cousin, the tribal chief, the head of the table, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, and he pins his cousin one, two, three to end a streak three and a half years in the making because Baron Corbin was the last man to pin Roman Reigns prior to Roman becoming the tribal chief on this historic run in WWE. This was a ballsy move. This was a necessary move to submit Jay as main event Jay Uso, a man that can now say, I want your title. I want your titles. I want your table. I want your seat. I want it all. And all of this made perfect sense in front of a crowd that ate it up. And like I said, they know all the lyrics to that day one-ish. For me, this match pretty much confirmed that Jey Uso won't be winning the WWE title or either of those titles from Roman. I think this pretty much confirmed it. He gets to be the guy that gets the first pinfall and gets that, you know, and, and starts this real downfall. I think Cody's still going to be the guy that takes those titles. This does set up a nice match for SummerSlam where I think Roman wins again. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, this was fantastic. This is, uh, this absolutely has to close out the sixth inning. I think we're in the seventh inning stretch. Um, Got to be singing the song at this point. Cause that was, I mean, we're, we're in good vibes right now after that, you know, everything's good vibes. You're in a good mood when you're singing that, you know, that song. So, but yeah, this is uh, I, fantastic. Looking forward to seeing what the next chapter is again, fully expecting Jay Uso versus Roman Reigns for SummerSlam. I think that's the marquee. That's the way to go. That's a, a headlining match. Main event Jay Uso versus head of the table, Roman Reigns. Now, see, I got ate up on this show last week when I said we were in the seventh inning, and that, and now you say we're in the seventh inning. Okay. All well, right. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> we just saw Roman Reigns get pinned for the first time in three years. If that don't count as his third strike that closed the inning, I don't know what does. I said that, but I got chided on the show by Jeremy and you to even <laughs> dare suggest we're in the seventh inning how dare keila suggest we're in the seventh inning stretch i tried to say that a week ago but oh no i got shot down in the third inning no 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 i predicted this seventh inning stretch we've made it two more innings to go what about it yeah we just we'll see how long he fouls off balls but yeah i think we're, we're definitely in the seventh inning <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, get let's get the song out the way. Let's get our stretch in. I feel good about it. But I will go to Michael Cole's commentary, which was so great. He was so in his bag during this match. But he said a couple of key things. Roman Reigns is human. He's not invincible. He can be beaten. And as you said, that don't mean Jay's beating him for those belts. It just means that he is human. There are chinks in the armor and he is beatable now. He is not this unbeatable force. He's not God. He's a man, as Cody Rhodes said a couple of months ago. So Cody's a prophet. He's sitting in the cut saying, hmm, the opening is here now. So Jay's laid the first foundation. He won't win the belts, but I will eventually. And somehow, some way, the prophecy will be fulfilled in Rotskanda, WrestleMania 40. Let me tell you this. <laughs> the prophecy will be fulfilled in Ro- in Rotskanda, okay? At his own pay per view, hard times. No. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. This dude's gonna get his own pay per view called a hard falling on hard times of Rhodes Conda, and he's gonna get a shot to win the title. The opening narration will be Brandy Rose. Oh, y'all thought it was open mic night, huh? Wait till y'all see what we got planned. That's gonna be the open narration right there. Hard times. Falling on hard times to Rhodes, Rhodes Conda. Not the Cody Rhodes PLE special of how he wins this championship no question. in Rhodes Conda. <laughs> no question. If this ain't the most Cody verse shit I've ever heard, <laughs> don't let this man do a hard time special of him winning the championship in Rhodes Conda. Come on, dude. Listen, <laughs> tell me. You would be surprised if instead of a well, I guess we're getting payback, but that was gonna be the one I was thinking. But like, instead of like a payback or something, we get a hard times pay per view with Cody Rose blonde head on. You just see his neck with the tattoo. You just see a, a picture of his neck. Oh my god, that is a horrifying image. By the way, I don't want that. Please stop. No. Hard on the times. plus side, on the plus side, Pharaoh made his television debut last week. <laughs> they need to leave that dog out the way. I don't want to see Brock Lesnar F5 that dog. Keep that dog <laughs> off TV, away from the screen. Because if there's one way to get heel heat, it's Brock Lesnar F5 and that dog. And I don't need to see that. <laughs> you are not F5 Pharaoh. Now, what they will do is they have a stuffed Pharaoh. A stunt pharaoh take that bump because no animals will be harmed during what's ever going to happen. So protect pharaoh at all costs. How dare you even what, suggest what you're going to what you're going to see is what you're going to see is Brock pick up pharaoh like real gently pick him up. He's going to go <laughs> off screen and you're just going to hear this. Arr, arr. You're going to hear this clamp. <laughs> you are so weird. You're weird for that. That's that that's is a weird thing. Hey, that's what's that's what's going. And then Cody, and you're gonna see Brock like Pharaoh's gonna be playing playing around. His, his tail's gonna be wagging while Brock's standing over him, and his tail's just gonna be wagging back and forth. <laughs> a bad actor, a terrible actor. Brock's what kind of performance good, is this? Brock's like, good boy, good boy, stay there. His tail's wagging. Oh, I'm gonna get you, Cody. Good boy, good boy. Oh my god. <sighs> this show's taking a turn. A dark 
dark turn. And I want to clarify, we're not advocating any injuries to dogs on this show because I don't want PETA or the Humane Society on our asses, okay? I love dogs and cats. I love all animals, mostly. Yeah, I don't love all animals, so I, I, I don't, don't put me in that bubble. I don't love all animals. I like dogs and cats, though. So. Okay, that is fair enough. But yeah, I ain't trying to catch a case on this show by any humane society of PETA because, uh-uh, I ain't having it. So, Scott, take that back right now. But you went off the rails a bit. But still, an outstanding main event to cap off a really strong PLE by WWE once again. So, Scott... On your salty scale, from 1 to 10, your final grade for Money in the Bank 2023 from the O2 Arena in London, England. Man, I uh, I think I'm going to go same point five. I think if the Finn-Rollins match was better, I'd go with the 8, but I'm going to go 7.5. That is a fair score. I'm also going to lean in that direction. I almost went eight tiers out of 10, but 7.5 is more than fair because Finn and Seth was a little underwhelming for me as well. But everything else in the show was really good. Two really strong Money in the Bank ladder matches, a great main event, a John Cena surprise appearance, Drew McIntyre returns, Gunther's that dude, and Ronda Rousey gets flipped on by Shayna Baszler and somewhere Ronda back in America, saying, Shayna, Shayna, Shayna. That's Ronda Rousey trying to act. Ugh. Ronda. <laughs> that's why That's why Shayna left. She's like, yo, I'm just tired of her calling my name. Like, everywhere Shayna. we go, everywhere we go, I just hear Shayna. Like, what? What do you want? Leave me alone. Yeah. Damn it. Ugh. Change your number and everything. I don't blame her. But yes, this wraps up a very fun Money in the Bank. And it was fun. A very nice show to set the tone for a busy week in WWE as we get ready for SummerSlam. Next month in the Motor City, Ford Field, Detroit, Michigan. We can't wait for it. But until then, we'll be back next Monday morning recapping the week that was in WWE across Raw, NXT, SmackDown, and so much more. So for myself and for Perky Scott Young, that's a wrap for Money in the Bank 2023. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye.